Welcome to Prayer Huddle, a community that seeks to host God, influence lives, and revive hearts. The message you're about to listen to is a word in season to make your spirit soar like that of the eagle. Thank you for listening and stay blessed. Holy Spirit, the ultimate helper. It's a wonderful topic. You know, when we talk about ultimate, that means the best. That means the most important or extreme. There is nothing bigger, there is nothing better. That's the Holy Spirit. That means the finer. That's the finer. When we talk about help, that is the best helper you can have. That is the best and the highest source of help that you can receive from anywhere in the universe. And it's a wonderful thing. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is not wind blowing, even though it can move like the wind and blow like the wind. It's not wind. It's not um, something. It's actually a person, a person, the Holy Spirit. And um, he has always been in existence with the Father, with the Son, Jesus Christ, right from the beginning. In the work of creation, it was the Holy Spirit, the active power, doing the creation, doing the works. The Bible says, by the Spirit of God, the heavens were garnished. That means the Spirit of God was the active person creating the heavens, the earth. God will speak the word and the Holy Spirit will take charge of the creation or the creative works. And all those servants of God that God ever used, it was the Holy Spirit working in them. It was not the big hair of Samson, that was just a covenant mark. But it was the Spirit of God moving in Samson from place to place. And as soon as the Spirit would move upon him, he would destroy the enemies and he would do great works. Same applies to Moses. Same applies to Joshua and all the other prophets. It was the Spirit of God working, helping them to do supernatural things, making them to be different, making them to be distinct in the midst of many. And, um, but the fullness of the Holy Spirit taking over had been prophesied by the prophets. And Jesus Christ himself said it, that a time will come when I will go away. And by the time I will go away, I will send the comforter. And that comforter, as the Greek word put it, paraclete. It covers many words. And um, I love to use these letters. I love to use these letters. Chassist. Chassist. C-H-A-S-S-I-S-T. C-H-A-S-S-I-S-T. Or C-H-assist. C-H-assist. C will stand for comforter. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. C also stands for counselor. 
the Holy Spirit is the best comforter, is the best counselor. In times of sorrow, in times of difficulties, men may come to comfort you, to encourage you, but after a while, all men, including relatives, will go back to their businesses and they will go back to their families. You'll be left alone, but thank God you are not alone. If you are a child of God, born again, with Christ in you, in the midst of problem, he remains there in you and with you to comfort you. He's the best counselor. Yeah, God encourages us to have counselors. But any counselor that does not speak by the help of the Holy Spirit may mislead you. So the best counselor is still the Holy Spirit. So as you listen to counsel, the Holy Spirit within you must bear witness to confirm that what I'm being told is right. In this new covenant, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The prophet may speak, the counselors may advise, but the final decision lies within each believer because each person will be held accountable to his decision before God. No prophet will be held responsible, no counselor will be held responsible. Well, they will be judged for their own, but you will be judged for any decision you finally take. So that is the C there. H stands for helper. He's our helper. He's not the doer. He's the helper. He does not do the praying. He helps you to pray. He helps. So, A stands for advocate. He's our advocate. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's our advocate. If you read John chapter 14, verse 16, with the Amplified Version, you will see most of these words used for the Holy Spirit as the paraclete, sent alongside to help. And that is, is our advocate. If we have any problem, the Holy Spirit within us helps us to pray and plead our rights before God. He helps us to plead our case as we yield to him. He helps us to plead our case before God as we pray in the spirit, as we pray in tongues. He's our advocate. And another S there stands for our strengthener. He strengthens us in the inner man. As you can see in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, he strengthens us in the inner man. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16, he strengthens us with might. In the inner man. Then we have I. Intercessor. Intercessor. It's not that he will be interceding when you are sleeping. Because somebody felt that. ah, Since the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. I can sleep. He will be interceding. It's not like that at all. He will help you to pray right. As you yield. As you surrender to him. He is like praying through you. It's like as you yield to him. You will say the right things. You will do the, take the right steps in your prayer uh, ministry. Then we also have S. And that other S is our standby. Our standby. I think I've mentioned strength now. I did not mention standby. There's a standby. He stands by us. He's called to stand by us all the time. Always by your side. But he's within you anyway. He's within you. And that's Always with you. You say, stand by. In any time of trouble, is there for you. And then we have another 
S, which I call, he helps you to speak in tongues. He helps you to speak in tongues. And that praying ministry of speaking in tongues is so wonderful. It will take you to realms you have never imagined before. Every believer baptized with the Holy Ghost should pray in tongues regularly. And if you are listening to me, you have never been baptized with the Holy Ghost. You have never spoken in tongues. I would like to pray for you today. And you will speak in tongues, I believe. If you have never spoken in tongues before, mm. you are listening to me. You will speak in tongues today in the name of Jesus. I thank God there's no distance mm. barrier in the realm of speaking in tongues, receiving the Holy Spirit, receiving impartation. As many people are under the sound of my voice, the Spirit of God will impart something fresh, something new to you that will change your life and change your ministry. I perceived that, I got it as I was praying, that there will be an impartation on some lives. Something will drop to you from heaven that will be tangible and that you will continue to experience for the rest of your life. I have seen that happen in different places and it will happen here again tonight. Mm -hmm. Those who receive that impartation will know it. They will sense the, the, the fire of God coming upon them. A new thing will begin in their lives. A new thing will begin in their ministry. We had a crusade recently, some months ago, and when it came to the time of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we were ministering in a particular town in Oyo State. And, um, but we had, just like you are doing today, we also had connections to the crusade in different towns. We had connections in Kogi, we had connections in Shagamo Ogun State. We had different parts of people connected to the crusade and to the message all over, up to Lagos and different places like that. And when it was time to pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I told everybody, get set. All of you that have given your life to Christ, but you have not yet received baptism of the Holy Ghost, get set. And as I prayed, we gave them numbers, telephone numbers to write, to, to communicate with us. Tell us your testimonies. And as I said, okay, receive the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank God. We have living testimonies, living witnesses. People received in different towns simultaneously. At the same time, people were speaking in tongues in Shagamu, speaking in tongues in Lagos. People received in Kogi. And by the time the reports were coming from all over the places, we had uh, 11 people received in so-and-so place. So until 10 people received in Kogi. Some people by the express of Shagamu, they received just like that. So I'm expecting some people, you have never received the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, tonight is your night. Just get set. And if you have received the Holy Ghost before you have been speaking in tongues, there are greater anointings that can come, empowering. Don't forget, Paul was baptized with the Holy Ghost around Acts chapter 9. He was already baptized with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. But by the time we came to Acts chapter 13, there we have separate me, Paul, and Barnabas for the work wherein I've called them. And then hands were laid on them. There was a different impartation on that day, separate from baptism of the Holy Ghost. And from chapter 13 onwards, we began to see new dimension of the move of God in the life and ministry of Paul. I think right from chapter 13, we saw him commanding somebody that was trying to hinder the, uh, the preaching of the gospel. That is this Sergius Paulus. Somebody there that was trying to hinder the move of the Spirit. The Bible says, I think his, uh, his name is by Jesus. He said, 
he commanded him to be blind for a season. And as you move from chapter 13, you move to chapter 14. The Bible recalls that he commanded the lame man at Lystra to rise up on his feet and walk. And the man walked immediately. There was a change in the dimension of the operation of God in the life of Paul after that impartition in chapter 13. And so I should expect us to expect something fresh from heaven that we add mm -hmm. a new dimension to your work with God and to mm -hmm. your work in ministry today mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. mighty name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Expect it. You must be expectant. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are not expectant, you cannot mm -hmm. draw out the grace that God has come to release unto you. So the Holy Spirit, the last T is teacher. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher. He's a perfect teacher. Uh, we should expect him to teach us when we read the Bible, we should expect him in First John chapter two. First John chapter two, verse twenty-seven. He said, "But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you." You shall abide in him. He's a perfect teacher. If somebody is explaining the word of God to you, you are listening to a message anywhere. And if you have been a friend of the Holy Spirit, if he's saying the right thing, your spirit will be agreeing. If he's saying something wrong, something in you, and that's the Holy Spirit, will be recoiling. You will be shaking your head somehow inside you that, ah, ah, this cannot be the truth. You may not even at that moment have the scriptures to counter what that person is saying. But in your spirit, you know that something is not right. So that is the Holy Spirit. He's the best teacher. And you can imagine. I've told you it's not just wind. It's a person that can speak. To know that, you know, when we, we are talking of the best helper, that helper must be somebody real to you. It must, if it's a wind, you cannot expect the wind to be speaking to you. But it's a person that can speak and you can hear. And that message can, it will have meaning to you. And so let's look at some examples of his speaking and people heard and understood. People like you. People of like passion like you. He spoke to them and they heard. People, human beings like you, who just gave their life to Christ like you did. And they began to walk with the Holy Spirit. He spoke and they heard. Acts of Apostles chapter 8. Verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And the Bible says, And Philip ran hither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? So the Holy Spirit spoke. How he spoke is not written. But, you know, as you are a child of God, deep will call unto the deep. The same Holy Spirit that they receive is not different from the Holy Spirit that we receive today. And so he spoke to him. That does not mean he heard an audible voice. Because most people think when they say, I heard the Holy Spirit, it's not that he's speaking to our physical ears. Because sometimes you can see a man of God doing like this. I say, ah, I'm hearing something now. In my... He's not in his ears. Is in the spirit. But when you see him doing like this, you might begin to wonder, when will I begin to hear with my own ears? 
Don't be carried away. It's not. It's just demonstration. The Holy Spirit minister to our spirit. It can come as a just as an impression. It might come as some words. It might come um, as a picture. It can come in different form. Just a flash, and you have known what he's saying. You can interpret what he has said. So he spoke to him. Join yourself to that chariot, and he heard it, and he ran. So it saw something that he knew that he heard in Acts of Apostles chapter ten. So we are dealing with a person, and all of all of us listening to me now as believers. We should learn to befriend the Holy Ghost because there is a lot of greatness associated with becoming a friend of the Holy Ghost. He is wiser than anybody. He is more powerful than anybody. He knows the future when we don't know. I, I, I will show you that later. But Acts of Apostles chapter 10. Acts of Apostles chapter 10 verse 19. It says, Why Peter thought on the vision. That's one way of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. That's one way you can facilitate or you can help to hear from God. Meditate on the issue. Meditate on the step you are about to take. Think about it. That's meaning of meditate. Think about it. Think about the implication. Think about um, how scripturally right it is, the step I want to take. Think about will it profit me, will it profit the kingdom of God? Will it glorify Jesus? That's the first thing. Will it glorify Jesus? Will it be a source of edification to others? Before the last thing, will it profit me? Profit me should be the last. The first thing should be, will it glorify Jesus? Is it going to please my master Jesus who paid for me and bought me with his precious blood? So before you think of a personal benefit is, does it please my master Jesus? Acts chapter 10, verse 19. While he thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise therefore and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius. You see, I'm reading the message the Holy Spirit gave, and I'm reading the response of the person the Holy Spirit spoke to. That means they knew. They knew that it was the Holy Spirit and decided taking action. To a natural man, it will look strange. It will even look wild that somebody is speaking with us, yes, just now, and suddenly it, it tells some people are waiting for me. Let me go and see them. Where did you know that? Where did you hear that? I picked it in the Spirit. It's wonderful to work with the Holy Spirit because you will know things that others don't know. And the outcome will show that you really heard. And we are talking of, when they talk about um, uh, sixth sense, or they talk about intelligence, uh, something intelligence, um, what do they call it? Artificial intelligence. They talk about um, uh, uh, wisdom, you see. All those things that they are talking about, they are far, far below the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. So if you are a friend of the Holy Spirit, then you are befriending the wisest. You are befriending the most powerful. When you are hooked up with the Holy Spirit, you can talk to him, you can discuss with him, you can hear him speak to you. You are connected to the most powerful and you will do mysterious things because you will act on things he's putting in your heart that no other person can think is right. Sometimes they wonder that you are mad. How can you act on that? Where did you hear it from? 
because the Holy Spirit, the, his own level is above human level. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. His ways are higher than the natural ways. His thoughts are higher than the natural thoughts. He's in the realm of the supernatural. Okay, so he's a person. And um, to show us further that he's a person, if you are relating with ordinary wind, you will not know whether he's annoyed or how he feels. You don't know. Of course, if you are relating with um, a, a non, a, 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 an um, inanimate object, you will not know how he feels. But the Holy Spirit can be grieved, so he has feelings. He's only a person that can be grieved. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. He says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So he can be grieved. He can be grieved. He's a gentle person. He's a gentle person. And he can be grieved. That's why when he will come upon Jesus, he came in form of a dove. Dove is gentle. So, gentle as a dove. Wise as serpent. So, the dove is gentle. And he does not speak to us aggressively. He urges gently. He, it's like he persuades you. He tries to help you to understand and to take action. It's not pushful and forceful. When, it, when, when you perceive something telling you, rush, if you don't do it now, 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 ah, you will die. Many times, it's the devil pushing. The devil wants to push you into error. The Holy Spirit persuades gently. Many people have taken steps under feeling of urgency. Now, 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 now. Occasionally, he may speak to you on something you have to act on quickly. But most of the time, he will have been giving you the impressions long before the time. The impressions will have been coming. It's not, he doesn't just speak once. He keeps nudging. He keeps speaking. Eh? So that you will be fully informed and properly aware of what you are supposed to do. So he can be grieved. That is, I'm hearing, I'm perceiving, but I refuse. I'm doing the opposite to what I'm perceiving. It, it takes time before that grieving will eventually manifest, but it can be grieved. Then the ultimate is in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. That's the King James. King James called it the communion of the Holy Ghost. But there are other versions that make the meaning of that word communion, communion to, to be more uh, understood. And let me just read Amplified Version. The Amplified Version says, the presence, the fellowship, the communion and sharing together, participation, in the Holy Spirit. So you can see the meaning here. The communion of the Holy Spirit there means the presence of the Holy Spirit within you, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, communion and sharing together, participation with the Holy Spirit. So it's not just to be speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. You must know that he's a person that as you speak, he also communicates his own thoughts 
or the thoughts of God, the, the will of God, he communicates them back to your spirit. When those disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. That word, to pray there, is not, the, the, from the, the Greek interpretation means two-way discussion. Teach us how to talk to God and he talks back to us. How we can have a message Bible because it's intimate friendship. Intimate friendship. I'm sure some of us, all of us have one friend or the other we can call intimate. Now that intimate friend, after some time, just by looking at him, you know what he's trying to say. His eyes can speak to you. His, his body language can speak to you. You are communicating without talking. You know. So we can become so intimate with the Holy Spirit that even the slightest nudge, we know exactly where it's leading us to, what is trying to pass across to us, intimate friendship with the Holy Ghost. Then the Passion Bible, Passion Translation says, precious communion, precious communion. So it's something so precious, the way we discuss with him and he discusses with us. Now, Putting all this together, the Holy Spirit is a person we can relate with as a friend, an intimate friend. I believe it's better to develop that friendship with the Holy Spirit than with ordinary human beings. Just like I told us, other human beings can fail. They can disappoint. Other human beings may not even have the answer. They may not have the solution. So don't depend on human beings. Depend on the Holy Spirit. There was a time I began to discussed with the Holy Ghost and said, Holy Spirit, I want you my discussion with you to be as real as discussion with human friends. I want to hear you clearly and distinctly. I want to know exactly what you are saying at every point in time. I want to become your friend. I want to become your friend. And I believe everybody listening to me can also cultivate this. You can make a covenant work with God, a discussion. Holy Spirit, I want to become your best friend. If you have worked with people like Catherine Kuman, you have worked with people like Benny Hinn, you have worked with people like Umau Pai, you have worked with, you know, you mentioned people that you have seen them having a real tangible relationship with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit manifesting to show that, yes, I have a relationship with this person, then you say, I want to also know you like that. I want to know you intimately. And we begin to realize that the Holy Spirit is a wonderful friend. Sometimes in the vehicle, I'm alone. But I sense a presence right there inside that vehicle. He's, he's there with me. Sometimes on the bed, it's as if he comes to tap me it is time for you to start praying. Sometimes it comes on me right from sleep, like a warm or a glow, like little warmth or fire. It looks like that. And from sleep, from deep sleep, oh, sometimes I am speaking in tongues right from the sleep. From the sleep, I now bring it out. And I continue that intercession for many more hours. He's the Holy Spirit. I have had an agreement with him that look, anytime. There are needs anywhere in the world, and I'm needed. You can disturb my pleasure and my comfort. You can disturb me, and I am willing. I am ready. Call me. I'm ready to pray. So with that agreement, you can just wake me up. 
I don't know whether you have had that encounter before. It's as if somebody tapped you. There are times it's as if somebody touched you and you get up. If you have not, become a friend of the Holy Spirit. When I was a student and I tried alarm clock, I did not even realize when I used my own hand to stop the alarm clock right from sleep. I tried other people, I told people to wake me up and they would tell me that they woke me up. I, we woke you up now and you just told us the judge shall live by faith. And, I, I, and, they, and they went away and I, I continued sleeping. Then I now discussed with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please. Alarm clock has failed. The human beings, they said they woke me up. I did not even know. Now, Holy Spirit, take over and begin to wake me up. And it has been wonderful ever since. He will wake me up. He's either without fire. There was a time I was in the room alone. And, from the, and the light was off. And from, from my sleep, it was as if I felt that fire. That, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a warm presence all over me. Warm presence. As if some, some, some mild fire all over you from sleep. And it was as if from that sleep, I burst out in tongues. And as I came out praying in tongues, I just started hearing some sound in that room. Dark room. Totally sealed. Windows sealed, everywhere sealed, door locked. Where is this sound coming from? And I just got up and put on the light. And by the time I put on the light, I discovered a bat flying, going up, coming down, just going up in the what is this? And I just pointed my finger. I said, you will die today in the name of Jesus. You must die. Now, those who don't understand spiritual battles, they will just say, ordinary bat. Uh-uh, what is the ordinary bat now? You're already spiritualizing it. Those are the people that the devil catches on unawares because they are not sensitive enough. So I said, you will die today in the name of Jesus. And as I was saying it, I was looking for something to use to kill it. But as I was saying it, you will die today in the name of Jesus. Suddenly, one of the blades of the fan hit it and it fell. And when I got it, I decided that I'm here. Why should any devil be coming to disturb me? So I pressed that um, bat. I pressed and stepped on it, stamped on it until all the intestines came out and there was blood on the floor with anger. And I left it there. Then I went back to sleep. Now, as I went on to sleep again, maybe some one or two hours later towards the middle of the night, I just started the same way. The Holy Spirit, that, that same warmth came all over me again, and I came out speaking in tongues. I just imagine those who don't walk with the Holy Spirit. Some people have died from sleep because they were attacked. And they were not sensitive to anything. They just just sleeping, just sleeping and waking, sleeping and waking. Only conscious of the physical realm, not conscious of the spirit realm. Some precious people have been lost. Some people have been attacked with sickness, with disease, because they are not having the best of friends to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And as I got up again, the light was off again. As I was praying again in tongues, I was hearing another sound. <laughs> Inside this closed room, totally closed. You cannot imagine what I'm talking about. It's a very small room. I think eight feet by... Maybe eight by nine or something. Very small room. And again, I put on the light and I had to kill this one. And it was at that stage that, you know, there were other believers in the main uh, auditorium. I was only in that office. I was alone. So, and they were around for Bible school. They were waiting for me to come and teach them in the morning. So I had to call them. I said, people are sleeping here flat. 
and things are happening here in my office. Come on, all of you, come, come, come. And by the time I brought them around, I said, I killed one around maybe 1 a.m. And I, I actually, with anger, stamped on it until the inner organs came out and blood came. I said, so let's go and pick that one that I killed with anger. You cannot believe it. We searched for it in that small room. We could not find it again. I am telling you something that happened that beat everybody's imagination. It beat our science, beat our intelligence. No, I said, no, 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 no. Search well. Maybe it was a rat that dragged it somewhere. No, we cannot agree. You must get it. They searched everywhere, everywhere. I'm talking of a small room. If it was a very big place, you say, okay, maybe it has gone to hide under. There was nowhere under anywhere to hide. Just that small room, it had disappeared. I said, this is serious then. Well, some of us who are not, we don't understand spiritual battles, it will look like, uh, uh, how can a bat kill that now disappear? If you don't know, some agents turn into different things to attack. It's because they don't have access to that room. And they don't want to be caught physically. So they can appear as birds. They can appear as animals to come and attack. And this was a case where it's possible that other members of that cult decided to take the dead member away because the mysterious disappearance could not be explained till today. And I'm still telling you, and this is something that happened around 1996, 1996. We could not see anything again. But that's not the only example I have. Thank God, Pastor Matthew, is, uh, is, uh, it has, he has great understanding in spiritual warfare. Those who don't have understanding, they will just push all those things away, uh, explanation, just explain everything away until the devil will capture them. But there are many things happening in the spirit realm that we need to understand. Praise the Lord Jesus. But the Holy Spirit helps us to conquer. Now, so let me just give you a few points because of my time on how the Holy Spirit can help us. Number one, the Holy Spirit can help us towards salvation of souls. And towards salvation of souls, I gave about six points. Maybe I can just mention them. One, he can lead the minister to sinners. He can lead you as a person to sinners that are ready and prepared to be saved. That was what he did to Philip. In Acts of Apostles chapter 8, 26, then 29 to 35. You can read the account there. It was, first of all, the angel spoke, move to Gaza, go to the south. Then when he got there, the Holy Spirit now said, join that chariot. The Holy Spirit can direct you to sinners to preach to. You can come into your heart, preach to that, to that person. You can come to your heart, speak to that person. That is part of the work of the Holy Spirit. And let us learn to start yielding to such little nudging. Preach to that person. When we reject this and reject that and reject that, we can grieve him and make him silent in our own lives. He has given you so many instructions. You kept, you refused everything. You felt like preaching. You say, I'm not sure whether it's the Holy Spirit. Okay, the devil cannot tell you to preach to a sinner. So if you perceive it's like the Holy Spirit talking to me, do it. If the person shouts on you, get out. Never open your mouth to talk to me again. You thank God that you are persecuted for Christ's sake and for righteousness' sake. Those disciples, after preaching some places, they were beaten. They were thrown into prison and they were rejoicing that they were persecuted for righteousness' sake. 
many of us love our physical life more than this eternal life, this precious salvation. So I don't want to lose my job. Oh, I don't want to preach. I don't want anybody to arrest me. Oh. Everywhere it is fear, fear, fear. But God has not given you the spirit of fear. Many of the things you are afraid of will never happen. Some of the people that you are afraid of not talking to, and the Holy Spirit is telling you to talk to them, they might be in deep, serious problem that just the word from you will put an end to their problem. So it can lead you to the sinner. And um, it can lead you where to preach. Where to preach. In Acts of Apostles chapter 16, 9 to 10, they were praying, the apostles' team. They were praying as to where to go and preach. And they wanted to go somewhere. The Holy Spirit did not allow them. They wanted to go to Mysia. The Holy Spirit did not allow them. Then they, somebody had a revelation, vision in the night. He said, come over to Macedonia and help us. That means Holy Spirit was trying to guide them where to go and where not to go. So the Holy Spirit can tell you where to go. And even in your zeal, as you are trying to go into another place, you can say, no, not there. Let me show you that one. Acts of Apostles chapter 16, where not to. Acts of Apostles chapter 16, verses 6 and 7. Acts of Apostles 16, 6 and 7. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidding of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, forbidding of the Holy Ghost. They wanted to, but the Holy Spirit said no. And you know, I've told you it's wiser than us. Our brain is limited. Human sense is limited. No matter how intelligent we are, the Holy Spirit is always miles ahead. In wisdom, in power, in understanding, is always miles ahead. Verse 7, And they were come to Mysia, they said to go into Bithynia. They were trying to go. It was their own intention. But the Spirit suffered them not. The first one forbade them. The next one suffered them not. He did not permit them. So you can see, the Holy Spirit can guide you where to go, and it can tell you where not to go. Then, um, another point, point four. He sometimes leads sinners to come to you. You don't know why so, that sinner is always coming to you. I just like you. It's not your beauty. It's not your money. It's not your understanding of grammar. So, remember, you are not on your own. You have been bought with a price. If somebody keeps liking you and is not born again, the first thing that should come to your heart is, let me look for a way of passing the message of the gospel of Christ to this person. Let them not give you all the glory. Ah, he's such a wonderful friend. He's just a nice person. You should be wise enough, humble enough to tell that person, it's not about me. It's Jesus that made me that nice that you are thinking about. It's not me. There's nothing good about me. It is Jesus that, is, that you are seeing in me. And I want to introduce you to that same Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody, he can lead sinners to you. So he led sinners to Peter. I'm sure you know the story of Acts of Apostles chapter 10. The story of Cornelius. Cornelius was having visions. He was fasting. He was giving arms. He was a very religious fellow. But in one of his visions, angel appeared. In fact, some of the encounters of Cornelius, some believers will pray seriously to have such encounters. An unbeliever to have vision and the vision, angel appeared and gave specific detailed instruction. Go to so and so place. 
Let's look at it. Acts chapter 10. I'm sure all of you that are believers, you will almost be jealous of this Cornelius encounter. That I, too, I want to have such encounter. Look at what, what he saw. Verse 3, Acts 10, 3. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him, saying unto him, Cornelius, how many of you would like angel to appear to you and give you instructions? And look at the instructions for that, verse 4. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy arms are come up for memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa, specific place. Send men to Joppa and call for one, Simon. Even the name that you are going to call for. The town you are going, you are sending people to. That's where the believer I'm sending you to. Then the name of the person whose surname is Peter. Imagine being given two names of an individual in your dream. Will you not be happy as a minister of God? Will you not rejoice? Two names of the person and then the town where the person is located. He lodged with one Simon Etana. Hey, can you imagine such details? If a minister had such details, I'm sure he would feel so happy to come and declare such in any meeting. Is, is lodging with one Simon Etana, whose house is by the seaside. Wonderful Jesus. Detailed description. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And so, when he called the people, he sent them to exact, with exact details. I pray the Holy Spirit will begin to give us such details in our life, in our ministry. And that's how the sinner was giving details to go to Peter. And it was the, the people he sent, they were able to locate Peter. And God had gone to speak. And that was why the Holy Spirit spoke in Acts 10, 19 to Peter. Some people are coming to look for you. Don't be afraid. Go with them. And that was how he came over. So sinners can be led to you. Then um, the Holy Spirit walks through the church to invite sinners. He walks on the sinner. And he also walks through the church to invite sinners. To the kingdom of God. I want you to look at Revelations chapter 22, verse 17. Revelations 22, verse 17. You can see how wonderful this Holy Spirit is. Chapter 22, verse 17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is attest, Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The Holy Spirit, as the bride is preaching the gospel to invite the sinner to Christ, the Holy Spirit is also working on the sinner to bring him to Christ. The bride is saying, come, and the Spirit is also saying, come to the kingdom. So the Holy Spirit helps the gospel. Um, he helps the church, and he helps us individually as we are preaching. As we are preaching, he's also working on the sinner. Come, come. Come to Jesus. Come. What they are explaining to you is very important. So that is another role. Then the last point under salvation is he opens the heart of the sinner to the believer. He opens the heart of the sinner to the believer through some supernatural encounter or manifestation. The story you will read is in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, 28 to 30. By the time Jesus Christ told that woman, go and call your husband. And the woman said, I don't have any husband. 
And Jesus Christ said, well, it's true, but you have had five husbands. And the one you are with presently is not even your husband. That woman was dazed. Ah, I perceive you are a prophet. And the next thing after their encounter, that woman went all over to start inviting people to Christ. That I have met somebody. In fact, this must be the Messiah. He told me every, everything about me. That means the supernatural manifestations of the Spirit opened up our heart to Jesus. And I've had such encounters. Sometimes I just call on to the Spirit without talking. I'm just yearning for, how do I speak to this sinner? How do I speak to this person? And as I am, like, you said, you are communing. You are communing with the Holy Spirit within you. And then it gives you a word. It gives you an information. I remember this that I always give as examples. There are many, but you know, some, you give them as teaching examples. I was sitting in a place, um, where do you call such a place, like where we take snacks, and I was sitting there. But by the time I got there, there was somebody also in front of me who was a police officer in uniform. That one was taking alcohol, and he was enjoying himself, and I was sitting there. And I just yearned, at this man in uniform taking alcohol, I wish I could speak to him. Holy Spirit, help me, help me. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit just gave me a word. And in my spirit, I saw something like Lazarus' tomb and a big rock blocking it. And the Holy Spirit gave me a word that that officer has been looking for promotion for many years. And it was this looking for promotion that got him to this level. And God said he will not get that promotion unless he will come to him. So I didn't even bother to say so many things. I just greeted the police officer. How are you? Good evening. I said, um, God said I should tell you. You have been looking for promotion for so many years and you didn't get it. And God said you will not get it unless you come back to him. He said it's like a big rock that is blocking the tomb of Lazarus. And until that rock is removed, there's no way Lazarus will rise. I know the response was amazing. The police officer pushed the bottle of beer aside and said, please, please, where, who are you? Where are you coming from? That truly, I was a believer before. In fact, he even told me the church was attending, a gospel church. He said, I was a believer before. I prayed and prayed for promotion. It was because I did not get that promotion. I was discouraged and I went into all this alcohol, taking of alcohol and getting drunk. Please, where are you? Where is your church? I want to come and see you. And do you imagine that was how that person came to see me? Far distance, miles apart. He came to look for me and I led him to Christ. What opened up his heart? The gift of the Spirit. Just like the gift of the Spirit opened up the heart of that woman of Samaria, the Samaritan woman, to the gospel. So yielding to the Holy Spirit can also make people's heart to be open to the gospel. I remember the second example was a Muslim and a, somebody who had gone to Mecca and come back and was a devoted Muslim. He was somebody that we had been visiting, I had been going to see like an agent to get us either a, piece, a property or a piece of land somewhere that we, can, we could use for the church. So I'd been going there and because I knew his commitment to his religious beliefs, we used to call him Alaji Alaji. I did not want to just preach anyhow. 
So I was depending on the Holy Spirit. What will I say? What will I say? I've been going, coming, going for different, many visits. For that particular visit, the Holy Spirit just gave me what to say. Then I said, hey, allergy. I said, um, you have been trying to take a decision, take a step, and you have been afraid. I see you thinking about to take it, then you are afraid and you withdraw again. I will about to take the step and you withdraw again. But God said, if you take that step, you are going to get into serious trouble. The man said, it is very true. I thought you said you are a doctor. Are you also a prophet? There is a particular decision I've been trying to take. Somebody gave me some money as a lawyer. And each time I want to spend it, fear will grip my heart. I will drop it again. I made different attempts to spend the money, but I had to drop it. I'm going to return this money to that lawyer. He wants to get me into trouble. I'm not going to spend it. So I came back some weeks later, many, some weeks, maybe two, three, four weeks later, and I was trying to preach to Elijah that, you know, this gospel. He said, you don't know what that little encounter did in my life. He said, it created the fear of God seriously in my heart. He said, I've gone far with my Islam. Oh. He said, but ask this person selling cigarettes here nearby. Another northern Muslim said, ask him. Since that day, I have not bought a single cigarette from him. He said he created serious fear of God in me. Anytime you have any program, please invite me to that church. The problem is that I've gone too far. It created an impact in that life immediately. And as he was saying it, the northern Muslim was saying, natural, natural, you know they buy again, no? you know they buy again, no? I said, it's okay, it's okay. So I want to tell us, we need to yield more to the Holy Spirit. There are many things he would like to do through us. We are the ones not allowing him. We are limiting him. And it makes us look like ordinary human beings. But I want to tell you, no believer is ordinary. You are a special vessel. And you are loaded with power. And God is about to release you to the world. You will soon begin to explode with power. In the name of Jesus. We need to believe the Holy Spirit within us. These kind of manifestations, they have happened at different times, one-on-one. -on -one. It should not only be in church, body. You shall live. Through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the body. So when God says, mortify the works of the flesh, he's not saying that I am leaving you to do all alone on your own, fight the flesh. No. You will do that through the help of the Holy Spirit within you. He said, if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the works of the flesh, you will live. And I want to remind you that in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, when Paul said, but I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, it was the help of the Holy Spirit. He was also, by the help of the Holy Spirit, putting to death the works of the flesh. So if you go through Galatians 5, 16, talking about... Um, the works of the flesh, Galatians 5, 16. It says, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That means walk with, in, in intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit and it will help you to overcome the lust of the flesh. You will not yield to the flesh. You will be able to overcome the lust of the flesh if you walk with the spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit will help you to overcome the works of the flesh. May I quickly move to point number three? 
He helps us to become transformed. The Holy Spirit helps us to become transformed and to become like Christ. Your character will become like Christ. You know, Romans 8, 29 makes us to know that the reason why he called us into his kingdom is so that we can be conformed to the image of Christ, his son, to become like Christ. What God planned is that each believer will be like another Jesus. Each believer will be like another Jesus. Jesus in character of love. Jesus in character of holiness. Jesus in character of signs and wonders. Every single believer is supposed to be like, like that. Anything less than that is ordinary, irrelevant religion. Ordinary, irrelevant religion. And you see, in our days now, most of other people, sinners and other people in other religions, they begin to compare religions because we have not been working as sons of God. So they think we are equal. They think we are doing the same thing. Okay, we are serving the same God. You carry Bible, I carry my own, uh, my, my own book too. You preach around, I also preach. You pray, I also pray. So why are we different? But I am praying that in our time, God will raise us and we are going to manifest genuinely as sons of God with signs and wonders. We will manifest with supernatural love that cannot be conquered. We are going to manifest with holiness that will make us different from other sinners in the same place of work, in the same neighborhood that we come across. Our lives will be different. And they will know, indeed, these are people that have been with Jesus. Say so the technology of them that these ones have been with Jesus. I pray that that will become our portion in the name of Jesus. So when you read Galatians 5, 22 to 23, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And when he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, that is as you walk with the Holy Spirit, the character and nature of Christ. All those things called fruit of the Spirit, that's like tell, telling us the character and nature of Christ. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. All those attributes are the attributes of God. The attributes and nature and character of Jesus, and they are what we manifest in our life as we yield to the Holy Spirit. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, Now the Lord is our spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. is by the Spirit of God. As we look into the Word of God, we read it, we meditate on it, we listen to it, the Holy Spirit within us begins to change us, to transform us, and to make us to conform to the image of Christ. He's daily changing us to be exactly like Christ. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. He will do that in you. And point number four, he helps our bodies, physical bodies, to resist, to reject, and overcome diseases. To overcome and reject diseases, pain, sickness. Your body will reject sickness. Your body will push out that disease. Be it fibroid, your body will reject it. Why? The Holy Spirit is at work in you. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. The Holy Spirit within you, within your body, it will destroy the bacteria. It will destroy the viruses. 
it will destroy the fungi. Whatever microbes are disturbing your body, the Holy Spirit within you will destroy them. Any abnormality in your body, the Holy Spirit working with, within you will give you supernatural health, supernatural healing. It will give you a strength that you yourself cannot explain naturally. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. He said, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That word quicken means giving life to your body. Supernatural life is infused into your body by the spirit of God. There was somebody that caught a revelation of that scripture. I think it was uh, John G. Lake, if I'm not mistaken. So when there was a bubonic plague that was killing many people, people wondered, why was this man in the midst of these same people treating them and not dying? And he told them this verse, that the spirit of him that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the spirit that is dwelling in my body. And it is killing all the germs. And it is pushing sickness away. He said they should prove it. Let us, he challenged them. Let us put it to test scientifically. He said if there, you see anybody infected with that plague, get, when you see the person dying, get saliva coming out of that person's mouth that will be full of those germs. He said put them on the slide and let the microscope check. And they did. And they saw numerous microbes on the slide he now said now take portion of that saliva put it on my own body put it there and check again and they put on the body and they checked again and they discovered that all those microbes were dead and he said i'm telling you this secret the spirit that raised jesus from the dead is the same spirit dwelling in me and if any sickness comes to this body that spirit will kill them, we destroy sickness, we push them out. And I pray that God gives all of us listening that same understanding, that same revelation that we keep sickness far away from us. You know, sometimes this supernatural strength, you have been feeling weak, many ministers will understand. They have been feeling weak, feeling tired, but when they get up there to preach, they begin to talk and preach and jump. Maybe husband or wife will be wondering, or friends, was this person not telling us of complaint of weakness just before he mounted that pulpit? What has come upon him? That is the spirit that, gave, that raised Jesus from the dead, giving supernatural strength. If you can walk in that realm, it's a different realm. May the Lord help us. If there is any sickness in your body, any disease in your body, as we agree together right now, you will not see it again. In the name of Jesus. I don't know whether somebody is agreeing with me there. The word of God is sent his word and heal them and deliver them from their destruction. We send this word to anybody having any form of sickness or disease. I command that sickness to disappear. Amen. I command that disease to die. Amen. And to be pushed out of your body in Amen. the name of Jesus. Amen. We have seen diseases disappear. We have seen sicknesses disappear. We have seen the lame walk. We have seen the dead raised. We have shared testimonies of masses disappearing. We have heard testimonies 
as the word is working and the spirit is working. That same spirit will begin to work in your life. That same power will begin to work in your life. You will not just be hearing stories, but God will begin to use you to perform even greater miracles in the name of Jesus. Are we together? Now let me move to point number five. He helps our prayer life. He helps our prayers to become more effective and powerful. He helps our prayers to become more effective and powerful. And I want us to read from Romans chapter 8 again. That book tells you a lot about the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8. Now we move to verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helped our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, I want us to take them point by point. The first part. Helpeth our infirmities. What is helpeth our infirmities? He helps our weakness. He helps our ignorance. He helps our limited knowledge. Our knowledge is limited. We might be physically weak. We might be ignorant of all the facts about some issues, so we don't know what to pray about. But the Holy Spirit will help our infirmities. The second point, we know not what we should pray for. You do not even know everything you are supposed to pray for. It is the Holy Spirit that will help you. There are times you are totally blank, and yet the Holy Spirit wants you to pray. Like when I say, Holy Spirit woke me up, I would not have known what to pray. I remember many years back, I think around 1990 or 91, I was in a different program in Oyo State, and I was praying in the morning time between the, the morning program and the evening program. I was praying for the program, evening program. And because I believe I was praying for the evening program, I did not expect what happened next. As I was busy praying in the spirit, I just saw a revelation. And the revelation was about a friend, a brother, who was in Europe. And I saw that he had a sickness, a disease, that led him to be admitted in the hospital, that led to an operation, and he died. And I now saw the wife returning to Nigeria crying and saying how I have become a widow in this my young age. That was the vision, and it lifted. And I discovered that I was still where I was, kneeling down, praying in tongues. It was a flash. I did not know what I should pray for because I was praying for evening program. It's only the Holy Spirit that knows what is happening everywhere. And he knew that I needed to take that prayer point. So I stopped praying for evening program and I faced that issue. I reject sickness. I reject any operation. I reject death. I bind the spirit of death for this. I mention the brother's name. You will not die. You will live. I prayed serious prayer. And I went ahead to continue praying for the program, for the evening program. The Holy Spirit interjected my own prayer point and brought irrelevant and immediate and urgent prayer point, which I had to take. That is the Holy Spirit. We, we, we do not know what we should pray for, but he knows what we should pray for, and he brought it in. 
There was no way with my natural senses that I was praying for a program that I would now take another person in Europe that you know, I did not even know where, what was happening with them. It was the Holy Spirit. Now, when I left that town and I came back to Lagos where I was based at that time, that same vision came back about three other times. It will come again while I will be praying. I will reject that spirit of death. When it came the third time again, I prayed, rejected that spirit of death. I had to call another pastor. I said, please, join me in praying for so-and-so family, this brother. We must reject this spirit of death. So we joined in the prayers, and it came again. I prayed again. When I saw it came quite regularly, I eventually wrote a letter and sent it to Europe. Then we're using letters. So I sent a letter and said, this is what I've seen, but you people are mature Christians. You should not fear. Instead, resist the devil and reject it. This is a plan of the devil being revealed and we agree together. I'm already praying. It will not happen in your life in Jesus' name. They did not reply. Immediately, they did not reply. But exactly a year after, they now sent a letter, which I got. And in the letter, I saw that the person was saying, please pray seriously that the revelation you saw concerning my husband exactly a year ago does not come to pass. Because as I'm writing this letter, he has been diagnosed as having a tumor in the brain and he's going to undergo operation. And I don't have anybody here who can pray. All of them are only just in science and medicine and operation. Nobody, I said, please, let's pray. This is not prayer issue, it's just operation. So I prayed again. That operation took place. Like I was told, it lasted about 12 hours. Operation in the brain, 12 hours. And to the glory of God, that's around 1991, that person came alive out of that operation. And to, this is 2021. That person is still alive. And the doctor said, very few people ever survive a tumor in that part of the brain. That something terrible does not happen, either they will die or something else will happen, they will become paralyzed or something, but somehow he's alive and well. No paralysis, nothing. He's doing very fine. Praise the name of Jesus. We do not know what we should pray for, but he knows and he makes us to pray aright. So we need to depend on him. Then we, he said, as we ought, that is, that's another line. We do not know what to pray for. We have said to that one, as we ought to. That is, the way we should do, take the prayer, we don't know. How do I take the prayer? Do I pray for judgment? Do I pray for mercy? Do I cast out devils? Do I just lay hands and say, receive your healing? There are different ways. It's the Holy Spirit that can help to show how to pray in each case. So, you know, Jesus Christ, there was a blind person. And the person came for healing. The Bible says, Jesus did not just pray for the healing. That was in Bethsaida. He took that blind person out of the town to the outskirts. Why? Well, we can have an idea. That was, I think this is recorded in Mark 8.24. In Matthew 11.21, he had actually cursed Bethsaida. Woe unto you, Bethsaida. Chorazim. He mentioned some cities and Bethsaida was one of them. Woe unto you. If all the miracles that were done in you were done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. And so, 
For one reason, when he got to that bedside and somebody was sick and he came to him for healing, he took him outside of that town. Come out of this coast town. And after he took him out, he laid hands. And said, what can you see? He said, I can see men as trees. It's not yet complete. He prayed for that again. And he said, now I can see. And you know what he told him again? He said, don't go back into that town. And don't go and share this testimony with anybody in that town. Just go away. In one of the Pastor Matthew's prayer point, he said, may the Lord deliver us from unreasonable and wicked men. All men have no fit. There are some unreasonable and wicked people that only want evil and wickedness to happen to anybody. And he said, pray that we shall be delivered from them. He said, don't go and share this testimony. Sometimes we have gotten into trouble sharing our testimony with the wrong people. Because you have a simple mind and you believe everybody loves you. You believe ah, I should share it now. And the moment you shared it, they attacked and you terminated your testimony. I pray we become wiser. As we ought to. Then we move to verse 27. He said, the spirit maketh, no, the same verse 26. The spirit maketh intercession with groanings, which cannot be uttered. We learned from the Greek language, he said, which cannot be uttered in articulate language. The same kind of language as we are speaking now, but it can come in tongues, it can come in groaning. So there are some times that we are not praying anything that looks sensible, but we are groaning. We are groaning. It is not a human effort. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. And as we pray in tongues sometimes, the Holy Spirit leads us to all manners of prayers. Holy Spirit can give us specific ways of praying that are not usual. Like I gave an example before. Somebody who was already going towards 40 or above, but had no husband. And the pastor said, you should come and see me. And as we were praying, I said, is there any place in your house where your father has kept some things, some eyes, maybe some pots, some things that they put, that he goes, and it's a room that only himself has access to, and he said, it's true. Yes, there's a room like that. I said, all of you children, your pots are there represented. Is it possible for you to get your own out of that place? And she said she would try. With the aid of the mommy, she was able to get her own, identify her pot, and get it out. And she brought it. We destroyed it. We burnt it. That was a leading of the spirit. We burnt it and we prayed for her. And it was a, a tug of war. When the father realized it, it, it was the father was calling and calling and calling her over the place. To cut the story short, within less than two weeks, that father died. And not long after the father died, the husband manifested. And this is what they have been praying for for years. Not all we are talking about was just within a month or thereabout. The husband manifested. A single brother was ready to marry her. There are some roots that need to be destroyed. There are some covenants that need to be broken. There are some causes that need to be destroyed. There are some idols that need to be destroyed. And it is by the leading of the spirit. So praying is not just blank prayer. God, the Holy Spirit needs to lead us aright. And as I'm talking, I pray the Holy Spirit will lead you aright in the name of Jesus. There are some times that the Holy Spirit has to just lead us before we can get results. I know a, a situation where people had been trying to cast out devils, cast out devils from a particular girl somewhere in Nigeria. And I joined. 
By the time I joined that ministration, what happened was that the Holy Spirit now began to give me names of demons. And as I began to call the names, no, now those names of demons are not English, not any language I knew. They were words coming from tonguing, praying in tongues. And I will get to a word and Holy Spirit will say, that is one of the names of the demons. And I will call the name of the demon and that demon will scream through the lady. And I will say, come out in Jesus' name. And we, I continue to call out those names as I prayed in tongues. A word will come out of the tongue. And I will say, and the Holy Spirit will say, that word is the name of another demon. And I will call the name again, come out in Jesus' name. We gave so many, not English names, not any language I understood, but names produced from the praying in tongues. Some of us don't know that praying in tongues is not ordinary. We just think, just, let me just say anything. Let me just make the devil to not understand again. It's not about the devil not understanding. In fact, there are times that what you are saying, you are commanding the devil. So it's not that speaking in tongues, devil is confused. Not, it's not all the time. There are many times he has to understand. You are giving instructions. You are praying in tongues for the devil to get out. Hallelujah. You need to get... I wrote a book on that. I call it Explosive Tongues. I titled it Explosive Tongues. And some of these testimonies are written there. Number six, let me move to number six. He makes our inner man strong to overcome all satanic and worldly oppositions. Ephesians 3, 16 to 17. Ephesians 3, 16. He said, it's a prayer there that we might be strengthened with might that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. When you pray a lot, particularly praying in tongues, you are receiving strength in your inner man. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, he that prayed in a known tongue edified himself, builds up himself to be stronger, makes himself stronger, grows up. Jude 20, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. As you pray in the spirit, you are, the Holy Spirit will be strengthening your inner man. And when you speak, the devil shakes. The devil respects you. The devil obeys. Strengthen your spirit by praying more in tongues. May I move quickly to point number seven? He gives spiritual understanding and revelations of scriptural mysteries. He gives spiritual understanding and revelations of scriptural mysteries. If you pray more in tongues, you will understand the Bible more. If you pray more in tongues, you will understand the Bible more. Pray more in tongues. It is the Holy Spirit that wrote the Bible. And so if he wrote it, and you commune with him and fellowship with him, more of what is written there will be supernaturally revealed to you. What others are using grammar to scatter. Holy Spirit gives it to you easily. Some people will explain and explain and they'll be saying nothing. You cannot even understand what they are trying to pass across. They are reading it in English and Greek. But you read it in the Holy Ghost and you have understanding. Job 32 verse 8 says, But there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. There is a spirit in man. The inspiration of the Almighty giveth them Understanding. Psalm 119 verse 18. Open thou my eyes that I might behold wondrous things from your word. It's the spirit of God that opens our eyes. He said that God will give us the spirit of 
wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He's the Holy Spirit that does that. He opens our eyes to understand mysteries from the word of God. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, he said, when I speak in tongues, my own uh, understanding is unfruitful. He said, how bet in the spirit you are, I'm speaking mysteries. In the spirit, I'm speaking mysteries. So, um, for no man understanding him, how bet in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. These are things that Paul did a lot. In 1 Corinthians 14, I think it's verse 28, that he said, I thank my God. No, verse 29. 1 Corinthians 14. No. Verse 18. He says, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. He actually spent hours praying in tongues. That's why I've learned to spend hours praying in tongues and a lot of power is associated. A lot of revelations are associated. And a lot of understanding of the word of God is associated with that. God will just give you in-depth understanding. It's not that you are trying to cram Bible. He will just, as you are praying in the spirit, is giving you this scripture, linking it up with this, linking it up with this, giving you perfect understanding. You will notice that Paul, he mentioned certain mysteries that he saw. And I believe it's associated with he that speaketh in unknown tongues is speaking mysteries. He understood many mysteries. For example, he understood the mystery of rapture. You know, he said it in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. It is born out of somebody praying in tongues many hours. I show you a mystery. That's not the only mystery he saw. He also saw the mystery of the church. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. He also saw the mystery of marriage. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 32. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. He also saw the mystery of Christ in you. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. He said, To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, how he spent many hours praying in tongues. Please move to this realm. Spend more hours praying in tongues. Your life and ministry will be completely transformed. Please do it. There are many things in God that are conditional. When you meet the conditions, the results will begin to flow. Please do it. Point number eight, please. It helps in decision-making. Giving, guiding the believer. He guides you. Romans 8, 14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. He guides us. We read in Acts 10, 19 to 20, As, Paul, as Peter meditated, the Holy Spirit said. We also read Acts 16 earlier, 6 and 7. He told them, don't go here. He forbid them, don't go to this place. He, he guides us. May he begin to guide you in all the affairs of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Point number nine, he helps to comfort you in sorrowful situations. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 to 5. He comforts us with a comfort wherein we can comfort others. You are passing through different problems that will make others to think of committing suicide, that will make others to stop getting close to God. They will not read the Bible, they will not pray again. But because we have a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. 
because you have a fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he gives you comfort that people cannot explain. When others expect you to be breaking down and crying and not eating and not sleeping, you are just smiling, you are just praising God, and they cannot understand. That is the mysterious result of your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He comforts you with a comfort that cannot be explained. Hallelujah. Acts 9.31 causes the comfort of the Holy Ghost. The comfort of the Holy Ghost. Now, point number 10. He reveals what God has planned for your life. He reveals what God has planned for your life. 1 Corinthians 2.9-11. to Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has it come to the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him. But this he has revealed by his spirit. Then he said, for the spirit searcheth all things, even the deep things of God. Holy Spirit knows many wonderful things. As you fellowship with him, he shows you your future. Sometimes he shows us what the people you are going to meet in the program, the people you are going to meet during the day, he shows you even the clothes they are going to put on. He shows us many things. I remember I was going to minister in one program, and as I was praying in tongues, praying in tongues, I just had a vision of a particular lady. I saw the complexion, I saw the size, I saw the height. And so when I got to that program, and God showed me that this was a single person trusting God for a husband. So when I got to the place, I said, everybody looking, trusting God for a husband should come out. Of course, many people came out. And as I looked through the many people, I identified the one I saw. And I went to that person. I prayed for that one more than any other person. I prayed for other people generally, but for that one, I stayed long. And everybody knew it and noticed it. And they were wondering why. I, I didn't know the person before. But later... They came to tell me that they had been praying and crying to God for that person that God should use this, that program to meet her needs. And to get, that is to get a husband. All of them, the family had prayed, 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 cried to God. And God heard their cry and led me straight to her. Because everybody was wondering, why is he only concentrating on that person? I concentrated because that was the picture I saw. And it was not long after that. I don't think it's just a matter of months after that that she married. There was no husband as at that time, no brother anywhere. But they told me the testimony afterwards that the yoke was broken and she got that husband and it became a testimony in their family. Somebody listening to me is going to have a special testimony in the name of Jesus. Whatever the devil has been using to stop you, that thing will be consumed by fire. Whatever the devil has been using to block your progress, that thing will be uprooted. In the mighty name of Jesus. May I add number 11? He imparts spiritual gifts. He imparts spiritual gifts. He even releases callings. The spiritual gifts, you know the nine of them. Utterance gifts, revelation gifts, and uh, power gifts. You know them. And these things can be imparted by other people. I remember that the Bible says in Numbers 11, God took the spirit from Moses. And put upon those other elders. I think about is it 70 or 72 people. He put it upon them. So I have had encounters many times in programs that as we are going to that place, I'm going to release anointing on people. I'm going to release anointing on people that we activate the call of God for their lives. And I've seen it happen many places. Sometimes God will tell me the exact number of people that is releasing the anointing of the prophet upon. He will tell me the exact number of people that is releasing the anointing for intercession upon. And we will see it happen. The power of God will suddenly come upon those people. 
And testimonies thereafter from that day, so and some things began to happen in my life. I remember in one program, as I said, the spirit of the prophet is coming down right now. And in that program, God just picked one man and took him and he landed. And thereafter, they, they said the man began to see revelations for neighbors, for landlord, for so. He was getting afraid. He had not been a serious Christian. So he was wondering. It was after that man came that came to program in our place that I began to see all those revelations. And he was disturbed. He was going to meet from one pastor to another. What will I do with this gift? What am I supposed to do? Some of them said, join our church. They were not even canceling him as, what's the meaning? He didn't understand the meaning. All they were saying is, join our church. Impartation. Impartation. He releases grace. He releases gifts. He releases callings and activates them in people's lives. I have seen it happen. Release of anointing for apostles. Release of anointing for teachers. Release of anointing for pastors. I've seen it happen. I remember... 1998, I went to a program. And this kind of impartation started. Anointing is coming on so-and-so people for, for teaching. Anointing is coming on so-and-so people, the prophetic and so on. And God was touching different people. People were slain. Then many years after, 2000 and something, many years after, somebody just came. And he came to see me. He said, I just came to testify. That when you came in 1998 to our church, I was one of those. When you say anointing for pastors, he said, I'm here to testify to you. He said, redeemed church. I'm here to testify to you that all the people that fell down when you said anointing for pastors, he said, all of us are now pastors. And I'm one of those pastors. I just came here to testify that that manifestation was genuine and real. God is about to visit you, ma. God is about to visit you, sir. If only you can simply believe and remove doubt. These things have been happening and benefiting people. This is your turn, sir. This is your turn, sister. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God will make you a sign and a wonder. He will Amen. make you more effective to your generation. Amen. In ministry, as I round up, in ministry, he helps to give you the right message to preach. Ephesians 6, 19. He said that I might preach as I ought to. That I might preach as I ought. Give me utterance that I might speak as I ought to. If you pray more, you will give the right message. That will be relevant to the people who are listening. He gives us the right messages to preach. Next, is he helps us to speak the word with boldness. When they prayed, Acts 4, 31, the Holy Ghost came down and they spoke the word with boldness. So he helps us to speak the word of God with boldness anywhere, anytime. We don't fear their faces. Point number three for ministers, he helps us to see or to know or to hear what he wants us to do. The people he wants us to minister to. The people he wants to heal before the program. Quite a number of times, I see revelations of what God wants to do before the program. As I'm praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, preparing Different revelations begin to come. So-and-so person having that. So-and-so person having that. You are going to meet in the program. I see many like that. And I begin to write down. I begin to write down. You will see this. You will see that. Sometimes there are so many. But now, I have been teaching and teaching. Not because I didn't see anything. But sometimes, the teaching helps more people. We don't see revelation for everybody. You only see some. But the teaching is applicable to everybody. That's why the gifts of the Spirit... 
are not more important than the word of God. The word of God is more important. The word of God reaches to everybody, but the gift can help selected people. That's why even if, if a prophet is ministry, the prophet cannot minister to, if you have a thousand people, you cannot begin to go around to everybody. One thousand people. But the word of God can reach out to hundreds of thousands. Hallelujah. But God shows us in Acts 14, 8 to 10, when Paul commanded that Lystra lame man to rise up and walk, what happened? He said he perceived in his spirit that the man had faith. He had faith. He perceived. So God showed him ahead. Pray for that person. He has faith to be healed. So that's like a revelation before action. Revelation before action. And in John 5, 19 to 20, Jesus Christ was saying something. He said, um, it is, I don't do anything by my own power. It is what the Father shows me that I do. He said he loves me and he's going to show me more. So if you see me healing the sick, when he came in John chapter 5, out of so many sick people, he just healed one paralyzed man and he left. So the only person God sent him to in that place was just that paralyzed man out of so many sick people. That was the leading of God. So he finished with that one and he left. So we know things before we get there. God has prepared somebody like that. I want you to minister. He, we see some of those revelations before coming there. Hallelujah. So it is time for us to rise on our feet and to decide to have an encounter with God. I don't know where you are, wherever you may be, there's no distance barrier in the realm of the spirit. So I would like you to get up where you are and get ready to get connected to God for a new encounter, for a new encounter. I have had teachings like this. It will look like a simple teaching. Is anything happening here? Ah, is a teaching, is a long teaching. Is anything happening here? Is anything happening here? But if you will get connected, it is by faith. Before you know it, something begins to happen. Are you ready for something to happen? I went to a program many years back, and uh, that was around 90, uh, maybe it's 98 or so. Many years back, it's not Lagos, I think it's uh, somewhere in Oshun State. And after this kind of teaching, the Holy Spirit just said, there's somebody there, I cannot even remember the details now. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit picked that person and threw him on the floor in the midst of everybody. And I did not even know he was one of their senior pastors. Because he came searching for me years later. That can you remember so and so that all of us are just listening to the teaching? Uh, okay, just came to teach. He said, suddenly when the Spirit of God began to move, I was wondering. I was the first to be picked. And I was a pastor that everybody knew. Thank you for listening to this message. We love to stay in touch and to see you at one of our events. You can find out more about us on our website at prayer-huddle.com. Email us at feedback at prayer-huddle.com or on our Instagram at prayer underscore huddle.